Blog Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. Hey, everybody, it's not Francie, but I'm going to wait for her. 
<laughs> hey, can you guys can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes, now we can. Now we can. Okay. Uh, maybe I I handed Nick my phone. I put my phone on mute, and I'm trying to get back to my phone call, and I don't know how to do it because I don't know how to use a cell phone. Does that make sense? Oh. So if you guys can give Nick instructions, and he's got my phone right now. Well, this, what, what, what kind of phone do you have? Yeah. <clears throat> I did tell you that I suck at cell phones, right? I can't yep, get back yeah. to the call. We can hear you. Yeah, we, we I know because I got Nick's phone yeah. and he's got my phone. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, click, cl- click on the phone and activate the screen and look for the mute button yeah. and then just tap it. I I can't get to the phone call. Okay, I got William Brower and Tom Sawyer as my last caller. Yeah. Yeah, but we're here. We're here. Uh, Nick, we might have to share phones tonight. Don't hang up on that phone, though, because that's the switchboard. Okay, um, hey, everyone. Welcome to a uh, kick-ass episode here on Friends the Friends. And as David Lee Madison says, something will go wrong. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We'll compensate. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, let me... <laughs> Let me give the phone to Nicholas Krabowski, our sponsor here with Black Bed Sheet Books. Nick. Right here. Oh. Uh, make announcements, and I'll try and get back to the show. Oh. Alrighty then. Can Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes, we can. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, lots of things brewing over at Black Bed Sheet Books. We got a lot of, um, gosh, so much to do, always a busy day. Um, coming up, we've got uh, uh, books by Carson Buckingham, Fred Weehy, Chuck Chapman, uh, Terry Horns, um, just all kinds of things, Raina Young, and uh, uh, just mosey on over to uh, the Black Bed Sheet Books group page on Facebook or go to blackbedsheetbooks.com or downwarden.com, my official website. Those uh, are both uh, for Black Bed Sheet Books. If you go to downwarden.com, you could see everything about me and just click go to Black Bed Sheet Books, and there you go, and you'll see like hundreds of great horror, science fiction, and fantasy titles. And um, also, we are... Still in the process of getting ready for Halloween. Started uh, the other week, and uh, hopefully we'll have about a thousand trick or treaters and break our um, our uh, uh, last uh, uh, count, which was like around 900. So 100 more. This is going to be a great Halloween, um, and uh, uh, and stuff like that. Francie, are you there? I found it. Oh, there you go. There we are. Yeah, there we go. I found it. I I just swiped, and it said "call in progress," and I said, "Oh, there I am." Ta-da! Cool. <laughs> and okay. Groovy. Uh, yeah. So yay! I'm back on. <laughs> I, I was looking at the countdown of the Willie Nelson part. I'm like, how do I get back to my call in progress? 
Uh-huh. A whole bunch of windows popped up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. All right, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really I I'm really excited about this show. Uh, Scott's gonna call us up in a few minutes. Um, I think this is gonna be a great show, and we're going to have a special guest host also. David Lee Madison will be here too. Cool, awesome. Yeah, and, uh, they yeah, and uh, they do a really cool. Uh, podcast of their own. In fact, I believe that it is on Zoom that they do this. I, I'm not sure how they do this because I, come on, if I can't work a cell phone, I can't work a computer, I am really. And I found out that uh, I found out that Scott loves technology, so maybe he can give me some. But anyways, the end of night and the end of the night, and it comes on uh, right before Francie and Friends. So I'm really excited to talk about that. Well, yeah. we we got a lot of goodies to to talk and have fun with, so it's gonna be oh, great. Yeah. It is, it is going to be great. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, Scott just messaged me. He said he's going to be calling in in a few minutes. Yay. Awesome uh, sauce. Yeah. Don't yeah, say awesome sauce. You're late. I yeah, well, yeah. As for Walmart, man, yeah, I'm wanting to find something else. That just, uh, <laughs> that's like one of the two worst jobs I've ever had. <laughs> well, you know, so so that means then that maybe next week we'll, you know, instead of having a guest, we'll just have Walmart Survivor Stories. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I actually wrote a short story called Exemplary Customer Service that deals with some bad customers. And, you know, I got influenced by the customers, some of the ones that walk in Walmart. So it wasn't hard. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Now we gotta right. do test, David. All right. I think I, I'll be able to. Oh. What? Uh, the moment we have been waiting for, we do have Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you? We're hey, doing Scott. good. Hey, Scott, how, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, You're welcome. Thank you man. for no being problem. here. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, without a doubt, the pleasure is definitely on this side. I, I guarantee you that. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Great. No, so what's know, up? Another night in paradise. Yeah. All right. There we go. Now, what's up? What's new? I, what's I coming know. up? What's... Oh, go ahead, Tom. I was just saying, what's up? What's new, man? Call us in. Oh. Uh, Scott, you yeah, are doing a movie. I, I'm, I'm, Scott, uh, you're you're making a movie, or you, I think you guys are done with it. Which end with David Madison? Uh, which end with David Madison? Yes, that's out. That's been released. That's uh, I don't know if it's been out. I know it's been out since the winter, I guess, of this past. You know, with, with the. COVID and all the madness, uh, my my brain's a little fried. But, yeah, with that, 
has uh, been out on Amazon Prime and Tubi and on a lot of really great platforms. And uh, I not only had the privilege to be in the cast, I also did the music for the film. So that was very exciting. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. I stalked you all day today, Scott. Did you feel me? (laughs) I I was stalking you. I, I Googled you all day long. Oh, that's funny. I, I was actually speaking to somebody about that not long ago, and it's pretty mind-blowing. You know, when you're in the uh, film and music business, of course, one of your big priorities is promotion. Uh, and then with the Internet, you know, for years being on different websites and whatnot, but I just joked with somebody about how when they Googled me, just so much more than you could ever really want to know comes up. <laughs> but it's, it's the thrill of the surprise, you know. It's like the old yeah. Jack boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty mind blowing. Uh, you know, I made it my business to be online and had a website for quite a long time ago, like uh, late '90s, early 2000s. I got in on it. Like you were saying, I'm a big technology maniac. I do love technology, but uh, there's good and bad with it. That's for sure. Yeah, and that that yeah. is something I, I I you you heard me at the beginning. I had to run and go get the other cell phone because I put this one on mute. I didn't know how to get back to the phone call. Yeah, I heard you had some technical difficulties. I could <laughs> I could feel for you. I know. I uh, I I do love technology, but technology is not everybody's friend. That's for sure. Yeah. You know what I always say the greatest technology is because, you know, I, I worked as a service writer for many years in uh, car garages and everything. And they got all these little tinkering computers and all this. The best technology that ever existed is a pen and a piece of paper. Ah, there you go. Right? Yep. That's the original notepad or Word, Microsoft Word, only the real thing. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, taking you, it back old school. <laughs> you, you can never go. I, I saw it sometime, I don't. I don't remember if it was in an interview or somewhere. I read somewhere that there's somebody who's still prominent today, who literally writes the, the screenwriter, and they write it longhand. And I can't recall who that was, but I bet if we Googled it, we'd find out. Uh, it's the guy who did uh, some TV shows. Um... Like I think NYPD Blue or uh, I think he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, all right. I I, I can't recall now where I read that, but uh, we had three I, or four shows doing oh. it old school or literally yeah. still yeah. using a typewriter. Oh yeah. wow! Actually, I, mean, I, I, I tip my hat to him because uh, yeah. you know I I, I, I usually uh, just stick with working off the final draft, and even even though the program normally <laughs> writes itself. I still sometimes end up adjusting a half a bottle of Maalox while uh, working on the revisions and editing. So, <laughs> yeah, Final Draft is a pretty fine program. I've I've worked with it myself. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, oh, um, I, I like to tell people it's almost like the uh, the old uh, Mad Lib books. Just to tell you yeah. uh, what they're looking for. <laughs> Well, I have a funny. My, uh, to make, guys. my lady friend is uh, also a very creative individual. She 
she works with Final Draft too. Uh, she's written a lot of short screenplays and things of that nature. But uh, it's a pretty cool program. I, it's funny when you could play back the characters, but you got you know they use the character uh, computer voices to play back your script. Oh yeah, I got a <laughs> I got a confession to make, guys. I've most of my stuff I've that I've had published I've written out longhand on a legal pad. Wow, that's wow. amazing. Almost all of it. Then I go and type it in. I don't know. I like the freedom it gives me because I can move paragraphs and put an arrow to this, and I can't do that on a computer. I can type fast, but it's just I have to have the you know the mentality to think it out. So you know, this is yeah, something really uh, old school. Something to be said for old school notes, you know, and note taking. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I get a script and I'm working on a part, uh, I write all over the script my own little notes to myself. Yeah, when when I when I was in college and you know I I kind of went at an older age and I was going to college with a bunch of millennials and uh, the professor was giving the lecture and everybody was breaking out laptops and tablets and all this and I got a notebook. Yeah, I, I thought like, you mentioned that. I I, I returned to. I had returned to grad school pretty late in life as well, and uh, although I do embrace technology, I still kind of trust my own notes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. Who, who, who better person to trust than yourself when it comes to some yeah. of these things, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah when you write something so, out longhand, you've taken the time to do that. It's somehow you have a little more, it's like you have something a little deeper invested almost. Yeah, and I the mean, problem and is that somebody wants to look up your notes and they're like, "What the hell was this?" And you're like, "Oh, you don't understand what I just put there." Yeah. I love yeah, that part well, too. Well, you know that, that's when you say, "Well, I, I have a night job writing instructions for IKEA." Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, that, that's the best one-liner I, I always use when people say they can't read my handwriting. Not at all that. Nope. It's yeah, in your own uh, code. Yeah, Scott, amongst uh, Googling you today, you you were talking about that uh, you are a musician, and I thought that was fascinating to hear that you're a musician, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I do have a question about that because you are a great actor, and it's great to see that you're not just acting. You're creative in music and everything. What's your favorite instrument? Um, uh, hands down, the guitar. I've been playing guitar since I was old enough and big enough to actually hold it. So I, I do love the guitar first and foremost. And keyboard comes in a close second because as a, somebody who does uh, do composing, the keyboard is really pretty much having like the whole orchestra at your fingertips. Not, that, is, that is cool. I've, I've heard a lot of musicians say that they can record a whole album off of a keyboard in their basement. Just off the keyboard alone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the work I've done over the years, uh, scoring for film, 
has been primarily done on a MIDI keyboard that triggers a lot of other sampled instruments, whether it's horns or strings or uh, traditional piano or things of that nature. It's, it's a really wonderful tool for anybody who plays because you really do have the entire orchestra at your fingertips. That, uh, that is absolutely... Yeah, you know, I'm not... I hate to say it. Everybody in my family has rhythm except for me. Everybody in my family can carry a tune except for me. I don't know what happened. I, I missed that tune somewhere. Well, now, I mean, my mom... My I'm mom so bad is, if I sing in the shower, the water goes back where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I I think that's incredible. And it, just like with anything that deals with music takes a lot of discipline also. And, you know, to move, I got an electric guitar and I wanted, I like, I love B.B. King. You know, if you could if you could play like BB King, oh my gosh! You know, who's who's your favorite guitarist or anything like that? Well, you know, it's really difficult to to ever just pick one of anything because I do love music so much from the time I'm old enough to even remember. My I had an older cousin who uh, would bring records home and play them and with me as when I was very young, six years old. And, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, so I grew up with all those amazing classic rock bands like the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and Zeppelin and Hendrix and everybody that came out of the 60s and 70s. But I I love music so much, I can't really pick one particular player. You know, there's just so many amazing, inspiring people out there, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but but it, but it's always interesting to see the different variations on their style. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. instrument, yeah. but they they kind of tackle it with a different approach altogether, and so it just shows the mm-hmm. versatility of it all. Sure, absolutely. BB King was a was one of a kind. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love BB. Everybody, everybody loves BB. When they when they go back to guitar, it's either like BB uh, or Eric Clapton. Right? Yeah, Clapton. Clapton was a guy who came up really listening and being influenced by BB King and Freddie King and all of those old time original blues guys, uh, or who inspired all the English guys, who in turn ended up inspiring the American guys in the long run, like Jimi Hendrix. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all grew up uh, with uh, very steeped in American blues and folk music. The Stones and uh, Chuck Berry was a very big influence on those bands as well. Yeah, in fact... um... There's a, a show on Access TV hosted by uh, Brian Johnson of ACDC where he actually interviewed uh, Roger Daltrey, and they brought him back to one of the old uh, clubs where the Who were first playing. And, uh, you know, someone actually found some archive video from uh, one of their earliest shows, which was, uh, you know, like about 63 or 64. And it's, you know, nothing but all blues songs. So Yeah, yeah, the, the Who... Uh... Who started off doing a lot of R&B 
uh, as a cover band, just like the Stones, but the Stones were doing a little more blues. Uh, the Who really have an interesting story. I think they're they're actually one of the more. I feel like out of all the British invasion bands, they don't really get as much of the do as say the Beatles and the Stones and or even maybe the Kinks and eventually Zeppelin, all that English stuff. But the Who were, were brilliant and you know all all of their all of their records from uh, the entire time they were active. Yeah. I agree. I've seen them in concert three times and they're great. Wow. Oh, well, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that you're talking about this because I I, I appreciate it because it 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 brings you into your world. I love that you're you're so open about this. I love this conversation. Well, you know, I I really music music first and foremost was my original first love and passion, uh, and you know, hands down, I've spent a lot more hours working with music. Uh, than I have, say, as an actor. But actor, you know, acting for film is a passion of mine as well. And it comes in, it really does come in second to music. I, music was like breathing to me from a very young age. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even fathom a life without music. How did you get into acting? I got, uh, originally, I, I started to dabble in high school or junior high school, uh, I I was, you know, I grew up on, like I said, music, but I've always loved film and television, uh, mm-hmm. and I was fascinated by it. And I began to do it at the local theater, uh, small community theater, and then in college. And then uh, I began to pursue film acting much more uh, in a pointed way than uh, I mean I love theater is a beautiful thing but I've always been more interested in acting on film it's a different medium yeah we are without a doubt a a lot of people I've, I've seen a lot of interviews and I've heard a couple of actors say that they prefer to do things on on uh, film because if let's say the joke flops, you're not going to be there on stage and you're waiting for laughter and it doesn't happen. And you're like, oh, crap, keep going. And they they find it harder to do that. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, you know, I, I've always I have always seen them as two very different talents and skills and there are many actors that do both very well in fact uh, uh, my co uh, cast member Brian O'Halloran who plays Dante in Clerks he's very gifted on stage as well as on film but I put all of my energies into film acting uh, just because I love the medium of film and film is forever which is a pretty amazing thing You know, uh, with theater, yes, you recreate it every night, but if you if you really nail it that one time on film, it kind of lives forever. That is probably the best answer in history of film, right there. (laughs) Hands down, that is the best answer ever. 
I really no, do no. love the fact that it uh, it's like a it's almost like it's stopping time where you know uh, whenever the film was made or or whatnot it, it kind of stays sort of uh, frozen in time almost if you will on some levels uh, there's a there's a, a big excitement to doing it live in front of an audience but that that goes away at the end of every night like I say a film. Anything captured on film or for TV cameras, there's a posterity to it that is very uh, sort of mystical to me. And not to mention, it's the perfect legacy as well, too, because yeah. you know, it's so timeless without it within itself. Yes, very true. You know, and it catches everybody at that moment in their lives. Um as far as actors, uh, of course, people play out of age and type, and somebody could be quite young, could be playing somebody much older with makeup or vice mm-hmm. versa. But uh, uh, in the long, uh, the big picture sort of way, your a film actor's uh, resume will spill out in a chronological, interesting fashion. And like I say, it's 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 forever sort of, frozen in time, which is a pretty amazing thing. Uh, and just the, the power of the medium, the seeing a film in the theater with an audience, there's, there's something really uh, powerful and grand about that. Oh, and, without and a doubt. Speaking Yummy. of this really powerful film, uh, there was this little film uh, by Kevin Smith uh, called Clerks. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar to me. Yes, I... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's, there's a perfect example of something that is captured a moment in time, and then because of the amazing and wonderful fans of Kevin's work, they kept it alive and they kept it fresh and new all these years to where he's done one sequel, and now we just wrapped up the third sequel. It's pretty mind-blowing. It's the perfect example of how uh, film can resonate over decades. Yeah, and, you know, it it was a little independent film. You know, nobody heard of Kevin Smith, really. Kevin Smith, who's that? (laughs) Oh, it was uh, a real underdog Small potatoes, budget, small budget. Uh, it's really an amazing story. The story of how the film became so successful is kind of like Kevin's legacy as well, because uh, it really was a shoestring budget, and people thought it was, over the years, people thought that he shot black and white as an artistic choice, but it, it was all financial because the color film and processing color film and lighting color film cost like a zillion times more than doing black and white. So it's it's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why the film was in black and white. It had nothing to do with the artistic choice of black and white. It was a reality of budget. I, I actually did not know that. Yeah, you know, he has at different times, uh, you know, the the black and white aesthetic does sort of have a, an interesting um, 
quality that people thought was a stylistic choice, but it was really a budget choice. It kind of makes it look like it's more of a classic choice. That's the way I looked at it. He wanted it. Wow, I did not know that that was a budget choice. I thought it was like, I'm going to keep this a classic film. No, yeah, not just, not at all. It was it was all budget driven, wow. being black and white, because he never would have been able to afford to shoot it in color at that time, not having a wow. budget or a studio behind him. Yeah, wow. uh, I, I'll, I'll 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 be the first to admit. Um, I, I've always said that it was in black and white because it's the perspective from the security cameras of the uh, quick stop. <laughs> and that's huh. something over the years that a lot of people have. Um, sort of pointed to as a, again, stylistic choice. And, you know, you're now on a deeper level as far as the uh, artistic merit of the film. And, yes, it's like a day in the life of a convenience store clerk captured by the security camera. And there's even a shot in the film from the security camera. Uh, but uh, that's that's uh, not an uncommon um, and a very astute uh, awareness of of that of being a uh, being um, this, uh, camera surveillance, so to speak. Yeah. Now well, I'll, 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 I'll be the uh, you know I'll I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to uh, to admit um, you know for for myself writing wise uh, you know. Clerks just absolutely inspired me. My uh, my friends and I actually uh, saw an opening night together, and um, by the time the film ended, uh, you know they're like, "So listen, you know you've written books. Why not write a screenplay? I mean, you know, look at what this guy did." And yeah, and that's a beautiful legacy, and it's it's something Kevin speaks about quite often whenever he is in a Q and A or is doing a discussion on his career. It was really an amazing gift to be part of a film that uh, retained uh, a generational audience over the years, over the decades, but it Mm -hmm. was a very inspiring movie to a lot of young artists and filmmakers and musicians uh, thinking, well, listen, it's possible because, you know, that Kevin Smith guy, he... He was able to do it on a low budget, and you know, uh, it, it's very—it's it's really rewarding. It was a success. It was a, a success. I mean, there's no it way was. about it. People still talk about Clerks. Yeah. 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 It's kind well, of like a new generation's I mean, version of Roger Corman. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, it definitely yeah. resonated with uh, the generation. It was originally intended for, and then as the years went by, it became, you know, the the people who grew up with the film were now sharing it with their children or sharing it with younger cousins or things of that nature. So uh, it almost, even though it does speak to Generation X in a lot of ways, you didn't get stuck in a time bubble where it was uh, after the 90s were over, the film would be irrelevant. Everybody can relate to being in a job where you're servicing the public 
And dealing with the public day in, day out is tough on anybody. Whether you're oh, yeah. Work, Let me tell you. Or whether you work in a mall <laughs> or whether you work in a toll booth or wherever it might have been, you know, at the photo mat, whatever it is, uh, people dealt with people um, as clerks. And it was a very universally, uh, a very understood sort of thing. Everybody's had those jobs in their life usually. Now, oh, yeah. Um, you know, with um, – yeah, you know, with with all the, with all the uh, you know, with the industry and even to a lot of the actors doing uh, sometimes complaining about typecasting and things like that. Uh, you know, here, here we are, almost you know, literally almost thirty years uh, later. Um, oh my gosh, how, how does it so feel, old. in your opinion, as being the truly scum representative? You know, do you still embrace it as much as uh, you know from '94, or is it kind of you know a footnote on the side of of a more Amazing resume within itself between the compositions and uh, the other projects. Well, no. The, the the bottom line is, if any of us from that first film are going to be brutally honest, it was a total dream come true for everybody, and it opened the doors for all of us to have a career because we were now no longer anonymous. You were able to associate yourself with a project that love it or hate it. People were aware of it. So that's a powerful, powerful thing. Clerks opened up a lot of doors for me. It also closed a few in some ways. But uh, I, I embraced it 110% because without something like that, the, that was the cornerstone of what I built on the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. That yeah. really is. I mean... now, now, speaking of clerks, I mean, people are saying – uh, people have I've, I've seen that people have done interviews with you, and they say that they, you know, how do you feel to be hated as a character? And I like your response. You said, I didn't know that my character was hated because, like you said, everybody embraces my character. They get my yeah, character. You know, I think what I, I, I think what it is is the film is the film as a whole. Not just the not not any individual character per se, but the film as a whole is so deeply embraced by that generation and the generation since that rather than look at the gum guy because the gum guy is not a likable person per se he's kind of a jerk but the fans love the movie and they love everybody who's a part of it and obviously thankfully I'm not a jerk in real life. But uh, no, the gum guy, nice guy. Yeah, the gum guy is just not a very nice. You know, he's kind of an idiot. He's, he's I mean, he, he almost completely ruins Dante's day. You know, yeah. uh, Dante, Dante doesn't have the store open ten minutes, and there's a riot. You know, so uh, he wasn't a likable character. But yet, in the long run, people, I think what they did was they respected the performance, whether the character. Means you was, did your job. Not like you did your job as an actor. Yeah. Well, sure. You know, that's what I come down. What's funny is it's a comedy, but Mm. that that, those scene that scene wasn't necessarily played like a comedy. It was played very seriously. It was. I mean, Mm. you know, I mean, in one sense, it was. It almost like added a a dash of uh, you know Shakespeare to it as well too, like. you know, when he threw down the uh, the fake lungs, you're like, here. 
Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was like, wow, he's going all Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so over the top that that's where that's where I guess it's almost like just black comedy or dark comedy, where it 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 really goes over the top, but it doesn't go over the top in a disingenuine way. No, it doesn't. I mean, it it keeps with a very consistent flow. So, you know that that that's I think that's what helps in making it so timeless. Well, you know, I mean, for a character actor, that that the Chewie's Gum guy was a uh, a dream role because the, the the character was written and designed to really stand out. And if an actor didn't stand out in that role, they, you know, you'd have to check for a pulse. Because that whole scene is based upon being bombastic and larger than life, so mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like an amazing calling card for a character actor. Now, now, what, what, one thing I've been uh, always been uh, curious about, um, you know, when uh, when Marilyn Giuliani's uh, character is brought in, and she sprays you uh, with with the uh, with the fire hose like that. Was that a one-time shot, or how, how, you know, did that require how many take, you know, so many takes, or you know, how, how well, often were you uh, hit by the stuff? <laughs> did it hurt? Well, I mean, here's the thing, uh, you know, when you find out when you find out how the donuts are made, it's never as fun or as exciting as when you don't know. But no, nobody, a real fire extinguisher, a real fire extinguisher was never shot. That was all faux. That was baby powder getting launched through, uh, I think, through a couple of, like, funnels. Um, the sound was obviously foleyed in, but he, you, he couldn't safely spray down the crowd with a real fire extinguisher. And then you would only get one take at that. You'd have to yeah. completely clean down the whole store just to shoot another take. And so it wasn't practical either. Well, it, it 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 definitely worked using using the powder like that because it uh, you know it still looked real on the camera. So yeah, I mean you hear the blast, you don't see the blast per se, you hear it, and then you see the remnants in the aftermath of the blast, and like you say, you're asking because it's something that everybody believes. Oh, they really shot that crowd with a fire extinguisher. But of course, that's again that's movie. That's the beauty of magic of movies, you know. Uh, there is deception involved for the sake of the storytelling. Um, so, yeah, that's, I know. I know Marilyn always likes to get that question because she has. You know, she tells them what happened, and like she was disappointed she never got to actually shoot a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Well, um, 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 Scott, I I got somebody here for you, Mister Schiaffo. Hey, how are you there, Mister Madison? How the hell are you, brother? Doing great, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, my buddy and the main host of the end of the night, David Lee Madison, folks. Ah, hey. thank you for the hey, interview. Hey, how we doing? Hey, brother, how are you? I just wanted right. to call in because I was listening to the show, and, and it's just fantastic. And Scott is really just such a, a wonderful, wonderful human being and a wonderful performer. 
And uh, anytime I get a chance to talk to my dear friend, I like to say hello and to give him some words of encouragement because he's really just uh, just a fantastic guy all around. Uh, we're going to shortly work together on a new film, so uh, that's going to be great. And uh, and uh, he just wrapped Clerks three, and I'm so proud of him. And uh, he really is just he's he's a Renaissance man, being a fine actor, a fine writer, and a wonderful musician. And I'm honored to call him a friend, and I just wanted to say hi. Oh, man, listen, you know you know how much I love you, sir, and I appreciate it. And uh, we've, we've got uh, so many wonderful projects already under our belt. So moving forward, it's, it's always exciting to, to work on anything with you. Yep, and I can't wait to this Sunday night for our show, The End of the Night, Francie. We're going to have Andre Gower, the star of the Monster Squad, on. So we're pretty ah! <laughs> Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. uh, the guy's resume is insane. I mean, if you, look, if you look at the IMDb, it's just he's, like, worked nonstop for decades. Yeah, he played a T- he played William Shatner's son on T.J. Hooker, if I'm not mistaken. But me, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an absolute nerd for the Monster Squad, so I'm sure I'm going to take up a majority of his time chewing his ear off about that movie. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were talking earlier uh, about your, your latest film, Wits End, yes. and Scott was talking about how he did the music for it, and we were talking music. Yeah, and Scott, Scott's an <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievably talented musician, and he's wonderful at scoring pictures. And what's great is that me and him are always kind of on the same page. I send him over the footage. I, I literally speak, speak to him for one or two minutes to give him an idea of the vibe I want. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a wonderful piece of music is attached to the film. And it's just a joy to work with him because it's nothing, you know, I worked with uh, other composers that were that were much more difficult. I worked with composers that were in Italy on on, on, on and there were language translation differences. Scott is just a joy to work with on every aspect of filmmaking. Yeah, he, oh, that's amazing. I, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I I will have to say this, Scott, uh, and you know, David brought it up. You are a nice guy, but oh man, you're on course one, two, and three. You're supposed to be cocky, but you're not. You're so nice. <laughs> yeah, now, don't you know, I, I don't. Brand, I, yeah. I don't get. There's a we, lot of people. We'd like him uh, back when, for another one. <laughs> yeah. The, um, oh, it's funny how that works. There are so many people who get uh, whose career, you know, the bottom line is any actor or musician or anybody in the creative arts, if they're able to do it uh, as a livelihood and sustain themselves, that means that there's enough people supporting what they do and who like what they do that they're able to do it professionally. So you're, you're absolutely nowhere without them. So why people, you know, and I, and I can understand the other side of it too. There are some people who are in, so successful and living in a bubble of, of mansions and surrounded by yes people and they lose their perspective. Um, that's the only thing I think must come into play when you get somebody with a giant massive ego and, and whatnot, but it, it, Kevin himself is quite a humble, down-to-earth guy, and he's had tremendous. I success, agree with you know. that. 
Dad, I, I loved that little speech he gave when uh, Prince was saying, you cuss too much in your movies. <laughs> yeah. Come on, that's oh, like the yeah. greatest quote ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but, but, it did... But, I mean, but, you know, but you have to admit, I mean, at the end of the day, it's always best to be humble anyways because, yeah, you know, you know, it's the double-edged sword of, of the creative industry is that it could be easily taken away from us as quickly as we rise to the top. So, yeah, and that's there right. You know, the, thing, the thing that'll do that is uh, one one day you're in and the next day you're out. And how you I, – I, I can't speak for, the, for having that kind of tremendous success and what that can do to a person over a long period of time. I mean, I – I, a, lot, a lot, most didn't start off that way, but um, I think what happens is they live in a bubble of everything is sort of they're surrounded by yeah. yes people and they're surrounded by money. Yeah, I'm, and, um, I'm great. But, yes, you are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. You know what's the saddest? The saddest story is is that there are a lot of people who are just fringe people in the industry who have the biggest, most enormous egos you can imagine. And you just it it you, you sit there and you shake your head and you don't know why. Yeah. I, yeah, it I mean, doesn't it, get it, you. Yeah, you know, it really doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, it's just, nobody nobody wants to work with somebody who's not going to be a, a team player and and be down to earth. You got to walk on eggshells around them, kind of thing. I. I it doesn't serve anybody well, but, uh, you know, there's also a side to it, too. I know there's a lot of artists who it's feast or famine. You starve for years, and then when you get that success, I guess you want to take it to the umpteenth place, and you just kind of get lost in it. But um, I, I've i never seen any any way to, to sort of doctor that up to make it look like it's an appealing way to behave. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to hijack any more of your time or your of or of your interview, Scott. I just want to say I love you, brother. It's an honor and a pleasure to be your friend and to work with you on both the end of the night and on film projects. And Francie, as you know, I think I've been doing this show for over a dozen years now, and uh, we had some wonderful memories. Uh, some of the things that. Did you hear it at the beginning of the show? I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the show. I couldn't get my phone off mute. And oh, I no, said, I David Madison always says something's going to go wrong. Well, yeah, well, catch, the re- catch the replay, David. You can hear me imitating uh, Francie. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a show you did with us. In fact, that was, I think you surprised us with Scott. During that yeah. show, yeah, uh, and you I, said, "Up oh, there it is." <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you introduced uh, Scott and I, and Dave, sexy too. By the way, Scott, <laughs> Nick's listening in. Well, good night, everybody. I actually have to uh, get off because every night, right before my daughter goes to bed at college, she FaceTimes me. I don't want to miss her call. Oh, don't miss that call. Yeah. 
No, no, everybody be well, and thank you for having me on. And I love the Francie and Friends show, and I hope to be Aww. on again soon. And well, I watch, like I watch your on? show. I watch your show every Sunday night. Oh, so you're the one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one. The one, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Be well. Good night. Good night, Dave. Dave. Good night. We love you. Night. Love you too. Hey, hello Bye. to Amanda from everybody. You got it, pal. Bye. <laughs> I love Dave. No, he's a really good guy. He's a very, he's a super loyal friend and uh, a really down-to-earth person, you know. He is. In That's fact, cool. uh, yeah. you know, he's calling He's calling in on the show, and he's like, hey, I got this for, and, you know, you were one of them. He's like, what? No, he he's, yes. he is a great guy, and I love Dave. And you guys, are, speaking of the uh, the show that you guys do every Sunday night, Halloween night. Yeah, he's got a big deal going, doesn't he? Yeah. He yeah. does. Uh, good, it has something to do with Vincent Price. Yeah, there's... Um... Old interview, uh, audio interview that his brother had done uh, with Vincent Price that was never heard by anybody other than them. Wow. That's going to be amazing. And and imagine, you're you're talking to Vincent Price. It's it's the voice. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's funny. It's it's just like I, I had met I was doing a convention in Philadelphia a number of years ago, and I got to meet Adam West, and he was very friendly to a lot of the other guests of the convention, because I know that there's mixed, that people out there say a lot of mixed things, that over the years he sort of got a little touchy with, with with the fan base, but he was a sweet guy, but like, you hear that voice, and it's like your entire childhood just flashes, you know, like uh, you, you you don't see the Adam West a person, all you're hearing is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now now uh speaking of, um did you did you ever watch uh Batman the animated series? Uh I got gotta admit I, I mean I'm a I am a superhero guy in the old school way because I did grow up with Batman on television. But I'm not the world's biggest uh, comic book guy as it is. But I know we're talking about Conroy, Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's that's another voice that's so identifiable, it's unbelievable. Well, believe it or not, there's actually an episode of the animated series where uh, Adam West plays a mock-up of Batman that Bruce Wayne used to watch and listen to on the radio. And they actually mm-hmm. pair up together. To uh, oh, take down a, a criminal, so it's yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was like one of the perfect little tips of the hat for, for uh, you know for the celebrities for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, well worth watching uh, when you have a chance. Wow. <laughs> um, you are a Jersey boy, correct? That is correct. Born and raised, okay. and, you know, I never left. I love it. And people, it's like in South Carolina, it's like, where are you from? I'm from Jersey. You know, I'm yeah. from Jersey. <clears throat> Jersey Shore, everything. 
I understand that the film industry is kind of taking over Jersey now. Well, I I, I know a lot a lot has come back over the years uh, from from when because originally it was out here going back quite a long while, and then the Hollywood boom was what it was, but now really with technology, you, you there's people that are making uh, movies and music in just about every big and small city in every state. So, you know, it's everywhere and anywhere now. That's true. You know, I mean, um, you know, and then going back to the talk with uh, technology, now we're even seeing, uh, you know, feature films uh, shot on iPhones, of all things. So. Yeah, you know, during, during COVID, I shot something with a, a director I've worked with a few times over the years, um, Chris Pierre Domenico, and we all were able to shoot our own scenes on our own video equipment and then send it to him, and he was able to edit it together. So it was literally shot with everybody never being in the same place, which was mind-blowing that he pulled it off so well. Wow. No. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, I want to do. I'd like to do a quick shout out to somebody who's um, an important part of my life, but also an amazing artist in her own right. <clears throat> Carrie Werner, aka Jewel Carrie, who did a lot of music in in Wit's End as well, along with me. Uh, she's a singer songwriter, and she's my life partner, and she did a tremendous amount of uh, music for Wit's End as well. Uh, and she's you can hear her singing in the movie as well. I seen a photo of her. She's I I seen a post that you did. She's very beautiful. And she's talented and beautiful, so she got doubly blessed. Yeah, yeah. best of both worlds, right there. Yeah. I I I got triply blessed because uh, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'm very fortunate that uh, she keeps me around. That's well, what that's we it. do. I mean, you're a lucky man. I I appreciate you saying that because a lot of men take us for granted. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, you guys always say she keeps me. Yeah, around. I think behind every behind every successful man, if he, if, I mean, again, if he's a straight man, I mean, there's a woman rolling your eyes. Right. There's there's, <laughs> a, there's a very powerful understanding. Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Your eyes I gotta admit that. I agree. I'll, 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 I'll be the first to admit that's why, you know, all all of my books and even on my uh, on my scripts, I would say, you know, this is dedicated to uh, my wife Cindy for uh, always having to put up for having dinner at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's one of our running jokes. I uh, I accidentally uh, spent the night writing during what was supposed to be an anniversary dinner. So uh, when I finished writing the book, I came downstairs and she was passed out on the couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully yeah. Nick. I I I'm the early bird. I go to bed early. Nick stays up till six, and it's by noon and uh, you know I already ate my breakfast because I wake up early 
<laughs> and I don't have to cook them breakfast. So I'm like, there's leftovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that's one way of doing it. Makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait, uh, Scott. We said, yeah, there she is. You heard? Idiots are us. You wrote yeah. it. <laughs> 2006. I told you I googled you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a really uh, fun, fun movie. Um, uh, a, a real sort of buddy comedy, and uh, just a just like a feel-good type movie. I was very happy to be a part of that. Um, yeah, uh, 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 tell because. I mean, because I know that you're also a poet. Well, I, I have written in my day, and I do have a book out of short poems and stories from many decades ago when I, I was had a pretty severe alcohol and drug problem. Thankfully, I've gotten beyond that uh, the last 15 years, but I had been really in the heat of it for a long time, and I would write. Like all I was able to do was write my thoughts and my feelings about that lifestyle. So that's where the poetry and the short stories came from. But nice, um, yeah. And then where where can we buy a copy of that? Yeah, well, that's on Amazon. If you were to, if you do Google me or if you you know search me in Amazon, the books and the records and most of the films do come up. Okay, good, good. And yeah. I hate to be a party pooper, guys, but I've got to get going soon. My landline battery's about to die. It's beeping like crazy on my end. I don't think you hear it, but I might just cut out. And if that's what happens, it's because my battery's going to die soon. Okay. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure to have you on. And uh, if anything you want to do with us, if you got something to promote, we would love to have you on. Oh, that's really terrific! Thank you. Yeah, and and, and yeah, right. definitely, it was it was great catching up and uh, speaking as well too. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you've been really fun and I'm great. Glad we had the opportunity to do this. Same here. So, and and uh, right. we look forward to seeing you again. Yes. yes. Give me a shout out and keep me posted, and stay connected to my social media, and you'll. You'll see what's going on. By the way, uh, give a shout-out to all your social media while people are listening. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. All of my social media is just my full name, uh, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, Scott Schiaffo. If you go to scottschiaffo.com, there is a merch page that the majority of the proceeds go to an animal rescue here in New Jersey that I work with. That is awesome. And um, I really thank everybody for following along with my, what I call a grassroots career. It's been really uh, a blessing on so many levels. Well, well Scott, we're always it's happy to follow you. So. Yeah. I, I do appreciate you work. being here. Well, it's I've definitely been, been a pleasure. Yeah. Me, uh, oh, yeah. I definitely had a wonderful time. And I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you guys take care of yourselves and have a phenomenal weekend. And keep me posted, and we will talk on social media again. Most cool. definitely. Look, 
Okay, oh you God. have a good night. You too. Right. Nice good night. night. Take care. Break a leg Sunday. Yep. All right. Tom, everybody's got a job. Uh, I, well, I don't know what hello is. Oh, okay. Oh, this hello. Is- it's me. It's the coronavirus. I'm in California dreaming about going out to eat. Just a burger with cheese Or a shaken margarita, baby, back ribs from Chili's Hello, can you hear me? I am shouting out to neighbors who I used to like to see When we were outside and free Is there something else to watch besides the news and finding Dory? The social distance between us and I'm freaking out. Hello from the Yeah. 